This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of AstroCast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros open up a three-game series against the Texas Rangers. Astros last played Saturday when they swept a doubleheader from the A's, winning game one, four to two, game two, six to three. Kyle Tucker, a big day, three hits, a homer, drove in six runs in the doubleheader. Lance McCullers giving up an earned run over six innings in game one to get the win as the Astros got their first wins over the A's this year, taking on a Rangers team that just dropped two in a row to the Dodgers, including a 7-2 loss to L.A. on Sunday in Arlington. Rangers have lost four of their last five. Astros 19 and 14 second in the AL West, two and a half games behind Oakland, while the Rangers fourth in the West with a record of 12 and 21. They're nine and a half games behind the A's. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. It'll be Fromber Valdez on the mound for the Astros today, and he's been outstanding third in the American League with a 2.35 ERA. Yeah, and it hasn't pitched in eight days uh, for the Astros, and that might be a blessing in disguise because he threw seven innings, 113 pitches, struck out 11 against the Angels. He was mad, magnificent, and you mentioned the sparkling ERA all year long. So he's been consistent and, and probably rated as one of the best lefties in the American League now. Without a doubt. And meanwhile, the Rangers going with an opener, right-hander Luis Garcia, and he's expected to be follow by a guy the Astros fans know really well, Jordan Lyles. Yeah, let's talk about Garcia for just a moment. He, he averages about 97 miles per hour on his fastball, and whether or not he throws one or two innings, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, in the past, he's been around uh, with a couple of teams in the major leagues. He's had some control problems, so watch out for that. Uh, Jordan Lyles, last two months of the season last year for the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, was great, especially his curveball. Had a really good feel for that pitch, but worked out in Denver in the offseason and didn't get a chance to, to really throw as much as a lot of the other starters during the break. So he's fallen behind just a little bit. Uh, he's been erratic with his breaking stuff, and his fastball's been get, getting killed so far. Today's Keys to the Game presented by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. You know, one thing the Astros have done a good job of this year is they've taken care of business against some of the teams that have been struggling. Rangers below 500, Astros 17 and 6 against teams below 500. Obviously, that doesn't mean that this Rangers series is just going to be a walkover, but certainly have to be encouraged by that. Yeah, and we're also encouraged with, with so many guys on the injured list right now, and we're starting to expect that the trickle of a lot of the players coming back to this Astros team but what the young guys have done especially in the bullpen for the Astros has been fantastic we're starting to see Kyle Tucker emerge as as a a really good major league player and and a threat offensively uh, whenever he comes to the plate so little things like that because guys have had to step up uh, in big moments for the Astros uh, they've kept them in the race and right now they're sitting pretty Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros manager Dusty Baker, and a little later we'll hear from Dr. Mark Boom, CEO and president of Houston Methodist. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye. And it'll land 
Crosby's Crawford Boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bock? Carbox Crawford Bock pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bock this season. Well, it has to feel good to, to be back at the ballpark, Dusty. It's been kind of a, a weird stretch. Uh, haven't played five of the last six days. You had a doubleheader on, on Saturday, but uh, uh, it has to feel good to be at the ballpark and, and be getting ready for, for one game as opposed to a doubleheader game and not having to worry about anything else right now. Well, it does. Uh, you know, it was a strange few days. You know, the A's guy came down with the virus, and then, you know, we were possibly uh, some of our guys – you know, we all tested a couple – well, we tested like three days in a row. And uh, we showed up early, and they would notify us if if we were playing. And then this morning even, uh, as late as this morning, um, you know, they told us that, hey, we'll let you know by 8 o'clock. The doctors and our trainers had to confer. Um, you know, I talked to a couple of the A's guys. The A's are still in town. You know, I think they left this afternoon, so – I'm hoping that, you know, they didn't have anybody else, uh, you know, get infected. And I'm just glad that, you know, our, our guys came out negative on, on the COVID testing just to show you how important, you know, this whole testing situation is for the country. And so, uh, you know, hopefully nothing else happens, uh, you know, to us, you know, this week or, or ensuing weeks. You know, talking about all the, the testing, and it seemed like there were some hiccups early on in summer camp at the beginning of the season. Do you feel like the, the protocol and everything involved, that it's gotten better as the season has gone on? Well, I hope so. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know, we're still not out of the woods yet. You know, I mean, I mean we're halfway, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, A's hadn't had anybody test positive, not to, you know, to my knowledge, or even any injuries. So, Right. Uh, you know, it's going to happen, you know, sooner or later. I mean, you wish it don't happen to anybody, but it, it's sort of inevitable, you know, that, that sooner or later, you know, something's going to happen. So I'm glad we're back to, you know, playing ball. You know, we do have uh, a number of, of doubleheaders coming up, you know, one in Anaheim and one in Oakland. And I think, I don't know, Oakland might have six or seven of them coming. So, um, you know, it's a situation where, where they can make up ground you know, a lot of ground during, uh, you know, those double hitters if we happen to lose, but we can also make up a lot of ground, you know, in the meantime. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's a big series today. We haven't played uh, the Rangers at all. I've been trying to scout it at, at home, watching them play the Dodgers. Uh, but it, it's, it's tough scouting them when they're playing the Dodgers when the Dodgers have such a good bullpen and a good pitching staff. Yeah. So it, it looks like they're not scoring runs, but – you know, uh, not to say that the Dodgers bullpen, I mean, pitching staff and bullpen is better than ours, but it is one of the best, you know, in baseball. So uh, we certainly can't take these guys lightly. Uh, they have some, they have speed over there. You know, uh, they're not scoring a lot of runs, but I'm sure that they're going to try to run as much as, as possible to get in scoring position. Kyle Tucker, a great doubleheader on Saturday, six RBIs over the, the two games and both of his hits, you know, the, the three-run double and then the three-run homer, both coming in the first inning of those doubleheader mm-hmm. games, and both kind of just got you jump-started. And it's kind of been nice to see Tucker do what he's doing, especially with some guys out and, and some guys underperforming. Well, yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, you want to see 
uh, especially in a double hitter, in a seven inning double hitter, you want to jump them early because right. you don't want to get jumped early because you don't have the time, those extra couple of innings to come back. And so, you know, I'm trying to put Kyle, um, you know, in this hot bat in the situation of, of, of driving in runs. So every time he gets a hit or hits a home run, it's a, it's a multi-run uh, homer or a multi-run hit. And, uh, you know, so far so good. He's swinging the bat great. He's playing, playing great, staying off uh, uh, bad pitches up and down, you know, which uh, usually gets young hitters, you know, in trouble. So that just shows you that his uh, concentration is, uh, uh, is very high uh, and he's not missing pitches when he gets them. Martin Maldonado caught both games of the, the doubleheader on, on Saturday. Not something you see very often. As a matter of fact, he was the first Astros catcher to do that in 25 years. What kind of went into that decision? And I'd imagine there were some conversations there between you and him. Well, you know, he wants to play every day. He called me yesterday. He said, oh, man, I'm, am I playing tomorrow? I've been off a couple of days. No, he'll call me every day. And I said, no, well, you know, we got we to gotta preserve you for the long run, even though he's probably off to his, his best start yet, you know, offensively. And uh, everybody knows, you know, what a great force uh, he is defensively and and throwing-wise, but uh, I figured that, you know, with two seven-inning games, you know, he, you know, he had a chance different than, than playing two nines. And I was hoping that we'd get him, uh, you know, a big lead in the first game, then get him out of there. And then instead of him playing, you know, 14 innings, it, it would it'd be more like him playing uh, uh, 12, 12 or, or, you know, 10 innings even. But it didn't work. But, uh, you know, he came out of it, uh, you know, well. Uh, and, and had we played the next day, I mean, he wanted to play the next day. I said, no, man, I got Garneau, you know, in there the next day. And uh, the next day is three days later. And that's why Garneau's in there today because I got to keep, you know, him sharp. I'd like to get um, uh, Stubbs a start sooner or later because, you know, what happens is if you're just using one catcher, uh, you know, they don't get to catch everybody on the staff, number one. They're starting over from from zero. And number two, um, <clears throat> you know, it takes them time, uh, you know, to get their timing back. And then and then if your number one catcher gets hurt, then, then uh, you know, you're back to using your number two and number three catcher. So, you know, you, you, you want to get everybody involved. Uh, the short season, you know, makes it uh, doubly tough you know, to give guys days off or, you know, uh, a day after night. And so uh, it's been it's been challenging just trying to get everybody uh, in the action and everybody keep everybody sharp. All right, Dusty Baker, thanks for joining us. Good luck tonight. All right, thank you. Thank All you, right, man. we'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. This episode of AstroCast is brought to you by Carbock Brewing. Carbock Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Hi, everyone. This is Steve Sparks with Astros Radio. Certainly happy to have you with us. Uh, Special circumstances, for sure, with everybody. I mean, we're learning as we go. So we've got a a really special guest today, and that's Dr. Mark Boom, who's been with Houston Methodist since 1997. He's the president and CEO now. He maintains a part-time clinical practice where his special interests are preventative medicine, lipid disorders, and hypertension, first of all. Dr. Boom, we're so happy to have you. Thanks for joining us. It's great to be here, Steve. So we've got Labor Day coming up. So this is why we want to talk about a lot of this. But uh, let's go over once again how important it is with, with the masks and the social distancing. 
Well, you know, we've learned a lot during this time. Now we're in our uh, sixth month, it's hard to believe, of right. dealing with COVID in Houston, across uh, Houston Methodist. We've had over 5,500 patients in hospital during that time, wow. um, which, is, which is kind of mind-boggling. But there's a number of things we've learned during that time. And one of those things we've most definitively learned is that masking works. And uh, we've seen that uh, locally, we've seen that nationally, we've seen that now in study after study. Take Houston alone, we had really exploded out of control in the end of June. Uh, and with a, you know part one masking order in businesses on June 19th and a full-fledged masking order on July 3rd, we finally got things in control. Yeah. So what was an out of control situation with hospitalization and patients sick in hospitals, you know, now has come back into a much better setting than it is uh, today than it was before. We've got a long way to go, but we are in a much, much better place. We still have about 1,400 or so people per day being diagnosed with COVID across greater Houston the last seven days. Now, the good news is that's down from about 1,700 the week before and 2000 the week before that. So we're on the right trajectory. And if everybody keeps doing the right thing, the social distancing, wearing masks, you know, really avoiding unnecessary gatherings and unnecessary groups of people whenever you can, and just being really careful with uh, washing hands, et cetera, et cetera, we can bring this down to much lower level. We're talking about this because Labor Day is coming up and we, start, we started to see that increase Correct me if I'm wrong, around Memorial Day when there's a lot of gatherings. Yeah, we, there's no question around the end of May, early June, particularly with Memorial Day, we just kind of let our guard down as, as a population. It, understandable, because we're all fed up with this, right? We're sick of COVID, but the problem is we don't get to decide that time frame. Uh, you know, COVID decides that time frame, And so we let our guard down and we really paid the price. I mean, it was a horrible June. And of course, you know, now it's put school reopenings and other things in doubt when we really could be in a much more controlled fashion. So we did a lot of messaging around the 4th of July. I think people were much more careful, although we still saw some spike post 4th of July. Okay. Labor Day is a similar time where if we let our guards down too much, if we go party like, you know, this never happened before, we're going to see an uptick. And so we really urge people to use extreme caution during that time. If you're going to gather, gather in very small settings with people very close to you. Uh, you know, try to gather really mainly with people in your own household. Uh, wear masks when you are out, out and about. About, uh, with you know from your house etc cetera, etc cetera, so that we can make sure that we don't fall behind because of Labor Day that's the last thing we want to see when we're getting these smaller gatherings and you're trying to keep it uh, as close to your immediate family as possible is that right yeah that's a great way of saying it. in fact you know if you think about the governor's orders um, really, we're trying to avoid any gatherings of people less than or more than 10. Across our hospital system, we have thousands of people coming to work, but I can tell you we never put anywhere near 10 people together uh, working in a room, in a conference room, in places like that. Obviously, clinical teams have to get together, and they stay very safe when they are masked and doing all the things they need to do appropriately. So if you're going to gather, um, we prefer you didn't, but if you're going to stick to kind of your really, really close-knit, um, hopefully your house if somehow you go past that very, very small groups of people outdoors, if possible, distanced all of the time, wearing a mask whenever you, whenever possible. Schools are opening and a lot of parents are concerned about their kids going back to school. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, I, I think getting schools back open and hopefully in person is really our main goal as a society. It's what we should all link arms and work together to make happen. 
if we take a look at the American Academy of Pediatrics, I mean, this is a group of pediatricians around the country. They swore their lives, I mean, their professional lives to care for children and care for children clinically, but care for children emotionally, psychologically, in terms of development and uh, education. They very clearly stated we need to get kids back to in-person learning, but we need to do that safely. And the problem is we can't do that safely either for the children, for the teachers, for the workers at the schools, or frankly for society at large when we have 1,400, 1,500, 1,600 cases a day. We really need to bring those cases down. The good news is we're on the right trajectory. So if we can be patient for a few more weeks and bring these numbers down on the same pace we've been doing for the last few, I truly believe we can get to that point. Now, it's not going to be school like we're used to, right? All of the schools are working on many different cohorting strategies, and children will need to wear masks and keep them in smaller groups. And, you know, you're not going to use cafeterias. You're going to try and eat in your classrooms, and you're going to work outside when you can work outside and many other things. But we will be able to hopefully get children back to in-person learning where it will be much more effective than what right now is mostly virtual learning for the vast majority of schools out there. Short of a shutdown, which nobody ever wants to do again, masking appears to be the best approach, and it has been highly effective. I mean, think about how wildly things were spiraling out of control when those masking orders went in and we were able to stop things. So we're hopeful that we can keep things down and avoid another big wave. Now, we'd be naive to think that as we put hundreds of thousands of kids back in school or we start doing other things uh, within our economy that we're not going to see some uptick in the virus. But the goal is to do that in a controlled fashion. The goal is to do that with masks and social distancing to keep a lid on things as best as we possibly can. Well, Dr. Mark Boom, we're really lucky to have Houston Methodist in our community. I'm personally grateful for Houston Methodist saving my life last winter. Uh, there's a lot of people uh, that you're involved with that have a, a ton of skill and they care about people. So thank you for joining us, Dr. Mark Boom, on letting us know uh, on how we can continue to get down this road in a safer manner. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Steve. That means a lot to us, and we love our partnership with the Houston Astros. Thank you. As do we. Thank you very much. For more information about Houston Methodist, call 713-790-3333 or visit HoustonMethodist.org. Remember, Houston Methodist, the official health care provider for the Houston Astros, Houston Methodist, Leading medicine. Astrocast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLP, and your Astros. Brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Looking up. See you later. Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to Astrocast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast of the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way. Questions for James Click. James, how about the, uh, with the trade deadline? Can you just take us through um, if you came close on any deals or, or what your thought process was today? Yeah, it's obviously always hard to say if you're close on a deal or not. There were definitely some guys that we had some traction on. We had a lot of conversations with a variety of teams around the league on a variety of different areas of the roster, uh, pitching, hitting, etc. Ultimately, at the end of the day, um, weren't able to line up on anything, but I think that speaks to the the bar of entry, uh, the level of talent that we have on the team right now. We weren't going to make a move just to make a move. We were going to make a move if we thought it helped us put ourselves in a better position to win a World Series. And at the end of the day, just couldn't line up on something that we thought was reasonable, both for the current team and the betterment of the franchise overall. 
did your conversations today center more around pitching or offense? Um, they were, they were on both, um, you know, maybe like 60, 40 pitching. Um, but, uh, for the most part, we were open to anything. Uh, we're never going to cut ourselves off from, from avenues where we could potentially improve, uh, the roster. Uh, you know, if that means winning six to five as opposed to five to four, uh, it's still a win. Did, did the market play out as you expected? Obviously it's just a, a weird year. Did anything surprise you about it? I don't think anything was terribly surprising. Uh, the activity seemed primarily to be in the National League side of things, um, which, given the standings, I think makes sense. Um, and beyond that, you know, nothing, nothing terribly surprising, no. James, how difficult is it to not know if you're going to be able to play tomorrow or not, and you, you have, you've already been off a couple of days, and here you are again? I mean, it's obviously – Tricky when it comes to keeping everybody ready to go, um, making sure that your rotation, uh, your starters, planning your, your days of rest, not even just for your pitchers, but for your position players uh, is lined up. But if uh, 2020 has taught us anything, it's how to adapt to uh, constantly changing information. Can, can your guys still work at Minute Maid Park during this time, or, or are you getting the, you're getting the place sanitized and, and that's not appropriate? I, what's, what's the deal there? No, we're, we're, not, um, we're not letting guys come into Minute Maid Park to work out. That's, that is part of the protocols. Uh, if, if we are clear to come in and work out, then we're clear to play a game. We're not going to try to shoot the middle there where we come in and work out uh, without being able to play a game because, um, you know, the, the, the question here is COVID. Uh, the question here is exposure to the virus. And so, you know, coming into the park uh, has similar risks to playing a game. James, I just want to clarify, have you guys received the results from Sunday's tests yet? No, we have not. And you said that, I mean, is this a longer than usual delay or is this standard operating procedure? No, this is very much standard operating procedure. Um, for you specifically, this was your first trade deadline as the guy in charge. I wonder what you made of it and, and how, you know, I'm sure you'll reflect on it a little bit later, but just in the immediacy, how you felt it went. I thought the group put a tremendous effort in and, and we adhered to the process that we put in place ahead of time. And we made the decisions that uh, made the best sense for the team, both short and long term. Um, I think it was commendable uh, what the group brought to the table. Um, and sometimes the best trades that you make are the ones that, that uh, you don't actually pull the trigger on. So. Uh, the last thing we wanted to do was um, do something rash um, just to just to do something. Obviously, there is value in, in adding to this team, but that's part of the benefit of having, um, you know, Urquidy, Davinsky, Peacock, Bregman, Josh James, all of these guys, uh, Verlander, you know, all these guys out there that are working their way back and that can hopefully be additions at some point uh, in the in the near future or before the end of the season. And so, you don't want to count those guys as your trade deadline additions but at the same time we have to make sure that anybody that we added today uh, would have a fit on this roster even when we get all those reinforcements back. James is there a specific deadline that you have to meet whether to decide you're whether you're going to play tomorrow or not like a certain time and once you get to that time you have to make a call? Um, it's a good question I'm not 100% sure we want to make that decision as soon as possible um, yeah. and so we are having active conversations with our team doctors and our infectious disease specialists on what we need to do to make sure that we can play this game tomorrow safely. Uh, those, those questions uh, are almost entirely about the testing results. Um, so as soon as we have those, we'll know exactly um, 
what we're doing. My hope is that we will be able to make a decision soon. Uh, I, you know, I'll be communicating with the Rangers here as soon as I can to let them know of the updates. How has the show, some of the guys who were injured? Um, you went through the list. Do you still expect that all those guys will be back in some form or fashion, or, or at least hopeful? How would you how would you categorize that? I mean, it's obviously depends on the individual. Um, you know, some of them it's they're, they're right on the doorstep. Some of them are still working their ways back. Piggybacking off of that, how does the shutdown of Corpus just kind of further stag stagnate that process? Well, that's why we're talking to Major League Baseball about having the players who were not affected by any direct exposure down there uh, relocated up to Minute Maid Park to continue to use that as our, as I call it, the alternate alternate trading site. Um, so the hope is that if we can get those guys clear that they can get into Minute Maid, um, the question now becomes, you know, are we going to be in a situation where those players are clear to come into Minute Maid, but maybe some of our regular major leaguers aren't because we're still waiting on testing from them? I don't think we'll be in that situation, but uh, you know, it, it does create some some odd possible configurations. But we're working around it. Which which of your IL guys are, are closest? Uh, that depends on which one of them you ask. Um, I, I think there's probably two or three of them that will all say that they're first in line, but. Um, you know, we're optimistic that, um, you know, some of the pitchers will be back pretty soon. Um, and then, you know, hopefully shortly after that, um, you know, well, I'll check on the timetables for you, but I think the pitching is going to be here uh, first. James, uh, I know you said you, you haven't talked to the Rangers yet, but is it your understanding that they are planning on traveling here tonight or are you waiting to see if you get your results back? I'm trying to get those results as soon as possible. Obviously, um, the Rangers and, and we have been a little bit preoccupied with the trade deadline today. Um, I will reach out to them. I already have reached out to them. I just haven't heard back. Um, actually, well, that was them right now. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll be in touch with them later tonight. Hey, James, um, you, you kind of grouped in uh, Justin Verlander in that group that you were hopeful to get back. Do you have any specific update on him that's, that gives you optimism he could pitch again for you? Well, I mean, he's throwing a baseball, um, and that's obviously, you know, all the optimism we need with a guy of Justin Verlander's caliber. Uh, we're keeping an eye on him, but he is, he is throwing a ball, um, and we'll see how he progresses from there. But we're, uh, we're hopeful that, that, Joe, that, excuse me, that JD's going to be able to make his way back at some point this season. Thank is you. He, is he off a mound yet, James? I don't believe so, no. As far as the turnaround time on um, the, the testing, are, are you – are you satisfied with the how quick these are coming back or how the, the, the delay in some cases it should it be a little bit quicker in your opinion uh no we're very satisfied with it um major league baseball uh since the start of the regular season has been incredibly responsive and prompt when it comes to the the tests um you know the the logistics have been incredibly smooth um, I, I know that everybody's anxious to get the results but the um you know having a test that we took yesterday um it's not even been hasn't even been 36 hours since since we took it. Um, that is well within the standard window of of kind of how we get these results back. So um, no, we're we're not we're not frustrated at all. This is very much um, how the procedure has been going, and and the logistics of it continue to get better and better. And we're you know very happy with it. James, with the, the with the um, laundry list of injuries you've had to endure this season, including some of your top players. What do you think about where you're at now, given what y'all have been through? Yeah, it's something that Dusty talked to the players about and I've talked to the players about. I mean, we've we've been through an incredible amount. Um, obviously, some of it is burdens that are shared by all of us with the pandemic and all the things 
that have gone on with that. And we've had to deal with that. But the the ability for some of these young kids, uh, young guys, unproven guys to step up, to get big outs, to get big hits, um, I think it's a testament to the team, their resiliency uh, and, and their ability to to grow into their roles uh, very, very quickly. And that, I think, was one of the big reasons that um, there were no moves made today was watching these kids step up and, and, and grow into uh, uh, these high-pressure roles, get those big hits, get those big outs. Uh, like I said, it just, just raises the bar for entry. Um, and we're excited about the team we have. We're excited about the guys that are coming back. Uh, and we think we're in prime position to compete for a World Series going forward. What's the latest on Forrest Whitley? Is he, is he still shut down from throwing? Yes. All right. Well, thank you, James Click. Thanks, guys. We'll keep you posted if we have any updates about uh, the testing and all that kind of stuff. AstroCast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing, the official podcast of the Houston Astros. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. See you later. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.